The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Some people expect solutions to be expensive, to be effective. This is not true. Everyone needs somebody who can be supportive and a guide. You'll find the answers you're looking for and the tools to both find answers and offer solutions on the Dr. Melanie Show. Now, here's your host, Dr. Melanie Barton. Welcome to the Dr. Melanie Show on the Health and Wellness Channel. Sometimes there's little that we can do to change the circumstances in our life. And that's why we need to be in charge of what we can. As an interstitial cystitis patient and pelvic pain patient, I know only too well how this devastating disease can have a toll on my life. So I have to do something positive to navigate my path to the best of my ability. I use a tool called the prayer wheel. You'll find it in my resource library at www.thedrmelanieshow.com. It covers six areas. On each program, we cover one or more of those six areas. Today, we're looking at the emotional, mental, and physical aspects of our lives as it relates to pelvic pain, pain related to sex, the pain of family members who watch a family member who has interstitial cystitis or some other painful condition. Since today is close to the 10th anniversary of 9-11, I want us to remember and honor those who lost their lives on 9-11 and also those who are still suffering from being involved in the rescue efforts. A friend of mine, Episcopal Sister Cindy Catherine Mahoney, blessed the body parts as they brought them up out of ground zero. Unfortunately, she lost her life on All Saints Day, November 1st, 2006, from the respiratory effects of breathing in that contaminated dust. So let's remember all those folks. Pain and suffering are not welcome companions for anyone. More people than we'd like to think about have pain when they engage in sexual activity. You might be one of those unfortunates. Perhaps you have interstitial cystitis or some other condition causing pain. Maybe you haven't even been diagnosed yet. So I hope today you'll glean some useful information to help you find some answers. Today's show is sponsored by the Interstitial Cystitis Association. We're going to hear from Tony Tyler, an ICA board member, about what it's like living with a father who has IC. We're also going to hear from returning guest host Amy Stein. She's an author and a pelvic pain physical therapist. She's going to give us some tips on how to lessen and maybe even alleviate the pain that comes with sexual activity. So let's listen first to the interview that I did with Tony Tyler. Hello, my guest today is Tony Tyler, the newest member of the Interstitial Cystitis Association Board of Directors. Tony is committed to giving back to his community. Just read about his bio and he can tell you how much he's involved in his community. 
His father, unfortunately, has interstitial cystitis. So honoring his father, he's serving on the board and doing this interview as one way that he can help get the word out to family members of other IC patients and to help the ICA board to try to get some education out there, maybe get some funding, and we're going to understand a little more about that in a few minutes. But I want the public to understand that it's not just the patient that suffers, but it also affects the family. So welcome, Tony, and thank you for agreeing to be interviewed today. Thank you, Dr. Melody. Good day to you. It's uh, very exciting to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I could extend it to you. So everybody's got a story, and I'm sure your dad has a story, too, about his IC. Can you tell our listening audience about that and how it's impacted you and your family? Absolutely. Uh, Dad got IC in 1995. Mm-hmm. And as is unfortunate with uh, most of us, uh, uh, the families or the patients who have been diagnosed, it took two or three years to uh, for him to discover, to get diagnosed that he did have IC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we were very fortunate that here in Oklahoma City, uh, we ran across a doctor who has a family member uh, with IC. And so we probably got diagnosed quicker than uh, most people did. And that, that was a blessing. Uh, for us in that instance. Mm-hmm. So it was a long journey, though. I mean, for three or, two or three years, that, that can seem like an eternity when you don't know what's wrong. Absolutely. And a lot of people who have been exposed to, to these type diseases uh, or situations, you know, what's wrong with me? Just tell me what's wrong and I'll, I'll do what you tell me to do to fix it. I'll take the medicine or I'll change my lifestyle. And uh, as many IC patients know, you don't have that luxury. You you have to just deal with it, unfortunately, the cold, hard reality of it until they can figure out what's wrong. And then sadly, Dr. Melanie, what happens when they do find out what's wrong? They they can't tell you what causes it or, or how to fix it. Um, and that's what we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. How did it affect you growing up with your dad having this and not knowing what it was initially? We're a very interesting uh, uh, situation. My, our, my father, I have a brother, our father, uh, he is very private. And so there's a, a very small number of people that even know that he has the disease. Hmm. And uh, he takes the attitude um, that there are people who, everybody has a cross to bear, um, and this is his, and and you know he quotes virtually every day the quote that he gives me is uh, there are others worth off, worse off than me to you know him and us as a family member uh, you don't know uh, you don't know what to say you don't know what to do um, it's not like i can encourage him to take another pain pill or uh, you know, let's go into the air conditioning so you can cool off. There's just, there's not a remedy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's, you know, that's hard. You, you, you know, I love him and, and I can't take that pain away. That's very difficult. Mm-hmm. It is. It's difficult to have it as I do and to watch your family's members watch you and knowing that they are in agony because they don't know what to do and you don't know what to tell them to do. So it's, it's hard on everybody. It is. I think probably the best thing that we can do 
uh, as the patient and as the, the, the loved ones of the patient is just walk that journey together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I found that it wasn't in my best interest to try to hide when I was in pain because people could see it. And if I denied it, it wasn't going to make it go away. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, yes, you're right. <laughs> yes. Well, I know our founder of the ICA, Vicki Ratner, has quite a, a story. And her pain is what kept her going till she find an, found an answer. So can you give our listeners kind of a history of how the ICA came into existence? It, it would be a pleasure. What an amazing lady, uh, uh-huh. our founder. Um, just amazing. Uh, as she founded, uh, the ICA in 1984. Uh, and again, it's the, sadly, it's the, it's the similar story that a lot of us had. She actually was in medical school, uh, and began having the bladder symptoms, uh, that led her to consult doctor after doctor after doctor. And to the dismay of uh, of the doctors and to her uh, professors, she actually diagnosed herself, mm-hmm. and uh, and that led her to have the desire not to have others, um, you know, not know what was wrong with them and not be able to deal with the pain. So she she decided to start the association to to help those uh, and to educate people so we could figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I remember because I've met her back in the early days, and you know she was told, "Oh, you just need to get married, or you need to drop out of medical school," and it, that was the attitude back then. I'm glad it's not that way now, but that's how it was. We are, we are very fortunate that she started this 27 years ago, and, and has led the charge to a lot of the the better situation. Although it's not what we want, it's the better situation that we have now. Yes, I agree. What made you decide that you were willing to take this leadership role and become part of the board of directors? Well, the Interstitial Societies Association is absolutely fabulous. It's a, it's a great organization. It's full of great people. Um, I'd love to see one day that it goes away because we don't need it, right. uh, that we've found a, a cause and a cure. Uh, but we were taught to, to give back to our community, and uh, we were given gifts, and it's, it's our obligation to share those gifts and so I saw the, the opportunity here to, uh, to get involved. Uh, as we know, we don't know the cause. We don't know the cure. Very difficult to diagnose. Uh, and so, unfortunately, I saw opportunity to try and make a difference uh, in what small amount of skills that I have. There was a chance to give back here. And so I seized that opportunity. Uh, you know, there's... Men, which this is pretty much known as a woman's disease, so I appreciate the opportunity to visit with you from a male perspective. But you know, dads one in one to three million men who have the disease, and mm-hmm. uh, there's three to eight million women. Uh, and, and probably the fact of the matter is, Dr. Melanie, and you know this as well as I do, it's probably more than of eleven or twelve million estimated out there. It, that oh, yes. number is probably bigger because people don't know they have it. Yes, and that's that's why we're doing this education because we want to find those people out there that don't know what it is and maybe go get properly diagnosed. So absolutely, we we must educate, and and uh, I'm just humbled humbled to be involved in the association. Mm-hmm. Me too, me too. Well, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the funding for the ICA. So let's go to a break. Your life, your health, your network. 
You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Do you know if kidney disease is affecting you? Are your kidneys healthy? You may have kidney disease and not even be aware of it. 26 million people have been affected by kidney disease. Teenagers today are being diagnosed with symptoms such as high blood pressure, diabetes, and obesity. These conditions can worsen kidney health and cause kidney disease. Be sure to tune in to improve your kidney health with your host, Dr. Rich Snyder, every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The information you get on this program could help save your life. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and new innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. What it comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to the Dr. Melanie Show with your host, Dr. Melanie Barton. To participate in our discussion this week, please call toll free 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to drmelaniebarton at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to the Dr. Melanie Show on the Health and Wellness Channel. Today, we're talking about the pain, especially associated with sexual activity, for pelvic pain and interstitial cystitis patients, and also the pain that family members go through watching their loved ones in pain. Today's show is sponsored by the Interstitial Cystitis Association. To get more information, go to www.ichelp.org. Before the break, we were listening to ICA board member Tony Tyler tell us what it's like to have a father who has IC. Now, let us return to the second part of that interview. All right, we're talking to Tony Tyler, the newest member of the Interstitial Cystitis Association Board of Directors. And this is an organization that does a lot of public education. But one of the things that has happened that people may not know about is that 50% of the funding for the ICA comes from a federal grant through the Centers of Disease Control. Now, that has changed. So can you share with our listeners what's happened, Tony? Absolutely. Uh, the the association has had multiple meetings. Uh, you know, losing half of our funding is obviously uh, a big punch in the gut. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of the great work that that dollars went to, a large percent of the, uh, percentage of those dollars was for our advocacy work and education. You know, to go 
teach people, to teach doctors, teach the public about IC and how to, you know, that it needs a potential diagnosis and, and how to, you know, pain management and to help patients and, and their loved ones deal with it. Uh, but it's also uh, an opportunity for us to focus on our, our our mission, which is to ensure the optimal care with dignity for all those affected by IC through research, funding, advocacy, and education. And uh, it, it's going to allow us new to find new funding opportunities, to find new friends, um, to make us a better organization, not for the organizational sake, but for the person to help the patient, to help the family. And uh, it's just going to make us better. We're make, we see this as an opportunity um, to uh, to do good things just in a different way. And that funding will come back uh, in time, and, and so we'll make it up, and then when it comes back, we'll even have even that much more. Mm-hmm. So you'll be creative in what you need to do to, to get yeah, the funding absolutely. that's needed. And what I know is that people out there, they might think, well, if I gave $5 or $50, it wouldn't make a big difference. But it does make a difference. So if people wanted to absolutely, if people wanted to help with that funding for all that loss that they have, where do they donate? What do they do? Well, this is a great time to encourage everyone to consider a donation, whether it's five dollars or five million dollars. Uh, we obviously will will take it, and it does make a difference. You're absolutely right, Dr. Melanie. If they'll go to ichelp.org/donate, ichelp.org/donate. That's going to put them on the home page and give them an opportunity to to donate to the organization. Uh, if you have questions, uh, pick up the phone and call the the phone number there. Um, you know, our listeners do need to realize our IC community needs to realize we did lose a lot of funding, and we do need those dollars. If uh, if they can redirect their donation dollars to the ICA, they need to because we need them to help those out there uh, who need our help. Okay, and there's also many of the businesses have a matching program that if somebody donates, their corporation will donate and match that. Absolutely. That's a, a great point. They need to look into that uh, inside their organization. You know, If they give $100, it's automatically $200, and that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that I did is when my grandmother died, I said people give donations in her memory to the ICA. And it, oh, very clever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Good. And That's it, a wonderful suggestion. And people can do that for Christmas gifts in honor of somebody or birthday gifts in honor of somebody. You can even give donate in your will to the ICA. I've done that. I have it set up. My children know when I die, a portion of whatever's left of my income and my assets goes to the ICA. So that's another way that people can do that. That you know, Dr. Melanie, you bring up some great points, and and to add to it, and I'll use our family for example. You know, uh, my dad doesn't need another sweater for Christmas or socks for his birthday. How about a donation in his name to the ICA? And that's that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so because it's tax deductible too. So <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's even a better better way to go. So, well. If somebody has a family member who has IC or suspects that they have IC, what advice can you give them to help the IC patient and to help the family member? Well, go to ichelp.org and get on the website, scour the website, educate yourself. 
get on the phone, uh, call us. We're here to help. We're here to assist. And there are things that uh, are that there's remedies out there to ease the pain and to uh, to, to, sh- to to get rid of the frequency. There, there's you know eating diets and and remedies to do that. So please educate yourself. Um, and I encourage them to be patient with their loved one uh, because they don't have the answers either. As you know, Dr. Melanie, it's a lot of trial and error. Yes. Uh, you may eat something today that doesn't bother you, and you eat it tomorrow, and it and it gets you, and that's incredibly frustrating. Yes, yes, definitely. Uh, they they need to communicate with their uh, their loved one. You know what? This is a very personal disease. Um, and it can lead to what people would call awkward conversations. But, you know, the, the, the IC patient needs to talk about those things. They need to have that outlet. Um, I was at a meeting um, with some IC, IC patients, and uh, the topic of in- intimacy came up. And you could see the hush or feel the hush in the room that initiated when this one person started talking about it. But it was amazing how relieved people were to be able to talk about it, mm-hmm. and it became an, an extensive conversation. So, you know, be patient, communicate, talk about those things, um, and and be an advocate. We need to tell more people about the disease. Yes, we do. And it's interesting that you talk about the intimacy portion because that's what's going to be on the second half of this show is talking about intimacy and pelvic pain and IC and sexual difficulties. So. You you had that marked correctly, so that's that's good. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, and and don't forget to donate because we yes. you know it does take dollars to do these things to help other people and and uh, I don't I don't this isn't a financial issue but we do need the dollars to make a difference. And people can become um, but, a member of the ICA for an annual donation, which is also tax deductible. It is absolutely, and we have some amazingly quality information um, with our our newsletters and our website. We've won awards for those, um, and they're they're awesome, great quality content. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and whenever my ICA update comes in, you know that's the first thing I sit down and read. Okay, what am I? What's brand new? What's the new research? What do I need to know? So it's it's timely, and it's very well written for even the novice to understand. It is, and, and I love the the line that we have out there now, imagine no IC. I mean, that's, oh. I love that. That just says it all, imagine no IC. And it's, uh, you know, become a member, get involved, advocate, uh, communicate, be patient, and just love them. Mm-hmm. And people can go to my website, www.drmelanie.com. Show.com, and there is a link there, a resource that talks about my IC journey and how I look at it as a gift that happened to me to get my life healthier and to notice things and take better care of myself. So it, it isn't a death sentence that people think it might be. Absolutely, and Dr. Melanie, the you know, the conversations I've had with you and and Dad and other IC patients, uh, it's it's attitude. I mean, because physically you really can't fix it, um, but it's it's so much about attitude. And I compliment you uh, and my dad and those with that positive attitude because it makes a huge difference. Uh, and and you can um, you can do this absolutely. Yes, and if you choose to try to fight it, it's going to make it worse because it, you can't deny it. 
you can't say it doesn't exist because it does. So if if you acknowledge it and find out what you can do about it, your life can be so much improved. It it really can, um, and I I am amazed by the attitude um, and the life that 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 you have and the life that my father has with what appears to be such a, a mean disease. Um, and, and like I said, it's it's faith and it's uh, your attitude that makes such a big difference, and I compliment y'all for that. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much because I've learned through experience that that's what it takes. It didn't happen overnight. It was a long journey, but I'm I'm much happier where I am than where I was. So. Oh, that's awesome. Is there anything I did not ask you or bring up that you'd like to share with the listening audience? His strength. His strength is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and to see that example of not his strength, and it gives me strength. Um, it has, uh, I don't know. I get emotional about it. It's really amazing. Um, you know, I don't I don't have problems. My life's all right. Well, you say that, but none of us would trade places with anybody else. We'll take what is our known situation. And then live with it rather than trying to switch and deal with somebody else's. No matter how good it looks on the outside, everybody's got things they're dealing with. Absolutely. I love that. You you are correct. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to give our listeners again where they go if they want more information or they want to donate. You want to give that address again, please? Would love to, Dr. Melanie. org slash donate ichelp.org slash donate uh, to make a donation or just ichelp.org to gather more information. Uh, they can also go to your website, uh, hear your journey, uh, and get uh, phenomenal uh, information and assistance uh, through you as well. And I want to emphasize, imagine no IC. That sounds like a wonderful plan for me and for our listeners, too. So I truly thank you, Tony, for being my guest today, and let's hope that we get tremendous response from today's interview. Dr. Melanie, thank you for the opportunity, and I appreciate the opportunity to serve the association, and uh, and we'll do whatever I can to make a difference in the lives of those with IC. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us on. Take care. Okay. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Taking care of yourself should not be complicated. The process of restoring your health can be simple, easy, and enjoyable by making a few small changes one at a time. That's the principle behind From the Inside Out with your host, Dr. Rhonda Nelson. If you're looking for a simple way to improve your health, we'll provide the motivation, encouragement, and information about how to restore optimal health one step at a time and from the inside out. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Join classical homeopath Piper Martin to discover an entirely new way to experience pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Educate yourself and connect with the possibilities of new choices and opportunities for you and your baby. Learn to use homeopathy to support yourself and your baby both physically and emotionally. 
We'll also discuss topics specific to all women, such as understanding and accepting our bodies, relating to other women, and how to expand out of your comfort zone and discover new and powerful concepts. Tune in to The Whole Woman, Thursdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Listening to the Dr. Melanie Show with your host, Dr. Melanie Barton. To participate in our discussion this week, please call toll free 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. Or send an email to drmelaniebarton at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to the Dr. Melanie Show on the Health and Wellness Channel. Today we're talking about the pain of pelvic pain and interstitial cystitis for the patients and for their families. Today's show is sponsored by the Interstitial Cystitis Association. To find out more about them, go to www.ichelp.org. Before the break, we were talking about what it's like to have a father who has IC. Now we're going to talk to pelvic pain physical therapist Amy Stein, a returning guest host, and she's going to talk to us about what we can do if you have those conditions and it makes sex painful. So welcome, Amy. Thank you. Thanks for having me again. I'm very excited to be here. Well, I'm very glad to have you here because this is a topic that people are reluctant to talk about, but it affects so many people, not just pelvic pain, interstitial cystitis patients, but many other people as well. I agree, yes. That was the main reason, I think I may have mentioned this before, but that was my main intention of writing my book because it needs to be out there more, and if you do have difficulty discussing it, you can. I've told patients or people that I don't know that I'm just emailing Take the book to your doctor and explain what you're going through. And if you need to use the book, use use the book or other resources to try to explain what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, for years, interstitial cystitis patients have heard 83% of the people who have IC are going to have their sexual lives affected. Do you find this to be true in your practice, that it's that percentage of people? Uh, definitely. Uh, maybe possibly even more. Oh, yeah, okay. Possibly. I'm not oh. sure. We don't have the statistics here, but I would say, yeah, at least many, many of the patients have some form of either pain or difficulty or so- something is going on, um, wrong in this, in the sexual area and they do talk about it. I, sometimes not right away, but they, um, may talk about it later on. We do try, as a physical therapist, we do try to ask questions so that it makes it easier to talk about and try, and it helps us to figure out what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, because over the years I've counseled so many IC patients and pelvic pain patients and also men who had prostatitis, and they don't want to talk about it. But if I bring it up, they'll go, uh, yeah. And I'll say, has it affected your relationship? Yes. And then I'll find out people who have actually had their relationships and who have IC. And I say, was the sexual component any part of it? And they go, yes. So 
is there anything that can be done? Yes. From a physical therapy perspective, musculoskeletal, if there's any musculoskeletal issues, which typically with IC, more often than not, there are. Whether it's the IC brought it on or the musculoskeletal um, problems created the, some of the IC, well, not created some of the symptoms, but exacerbated some of the symptoms, um, it's always hard to know, but the majority of the time, the muscles and the tissues surrounding the bladder and the urethra and the abdominal area and sometimes the thigh, the inner thigh, those areas can all be affected as well. And what we do is we address those muscles and tissues and there could be some nerve irritation. We try to calm that down. And it can be extremely effective, extremely effective, which is, which is, Again, why why I'm a physical therapist is that we can we can help many people in this way, and it's very very rewarding for us. Mm-hmm. How did you get interested in dealing with interstitial cystitis? Because that's not something all physical therapists deal with. Well, I started treating. I actually had a friend when I was in school who ended up with pelvic pain um, after a hysterectomy. She had a hysterectomy and then uh, got a bladder infection. She ended up with all the IC symptoms plus some bowel issues plus intercourse with her husband was out of the question. She was at Mm -hmm. the point where she had difficulty working. And I was in school. I was many, many miles away. I was in Florida. She was in um, New York. And I was trying to help her over the phone figure out what was going on. And this is way back, uh, I don't know, almost 15 years ago. (laughs) And none of the professors actually really knew. Maybe one or two said, oh, well, maybe it's the pelvic floor. One said, well, maybe it's the back. And then what ended up happening was they ruled out the back. It wasn't the back. So then I kept trying to figure it out on my own. And I realized from her symptoms and the research that I tried to do while I was in school, um, I, f- I figured out that it's probably the pelvic floor. And she maybe she even had IC at the time, but she doesn't. It definitely started for her with a, with her surgery and then a subsequent bladder infection. Mm-hmm. The bladder infection went away, but the symptoms remained. So from a distance, I figured it out with her, and then as just after I got out of school, because I was in school at the time afterwards, I got very interested in it, and I I realized how many people needed the physical therapy, and I became interested in IC as I became more uh, educated on pelvic pain and IC and irritable bowel syndrome and the close correlation between pelvic pain and IC and and, and IBS symptoms and sexual dysfunction and how physical therapists can help, which people, when they think about it, they say physical therapy for pelvic issues, for bladder issues. But we've had so much success, which is very, which again is very rewarding for us. And the patients are so thankful that we're, that we're here once they find us. So, yes. Yes. And it's it's quite a feat to try to find somebody that's specialized because you and I have been talking about this not on the air but personally and to find somebody that's specialized there are few and far between. 
Yes. Yeah, it is It is hard to, to find people for sure, especially um, I've found that if it's not in such an urban area, it's, it's just harder to find people because there aren't as many people around. But there are a lot of there are a lot of people, a lot of physical therapists, and even more so now that are really getting trained in it. Now our association, the American Physical Therapy Association, and there's another um, institute, the Herman and Wallace Institute. They are both. Uh, they set up all these classes for their postgraduate classes for physical therapists to learn about pelvic floor dysfunction, pelvic pain. I see irritable bowel, sexual dysfunction, bladder and bowel dysfunction, and it's Good. come a long. It's come a long way because when I first started, I think there were about two classes, and it was sort of when I started, it was just trying to figure it out as you go along. <laughs> mm-hmm. Looking back, I'm like, oh, <laughs> but now there's all. It's very structured, and you can specialize in in certain areas, and it's. It's really wonderful the way it's just evolved, and there's much more research research on it, which is also wonderful, because then it supports. Tony was talking about how we need to get the word out there, and research definitely helps. So um, the more we, and I, I try all the time, I contact, I have a list of now 800 <laughs> physicians and healthcare providers that I'm constantly sending them information of what we do and how we can help and we get through to to most people it's still hard with some some physicians and healthcare providers still don't fully believe in in IC and the musculoskeletal issues mm-hmm. that can come along with it yes but luckily, you're going to educate them if yes. they're willing to listen. Yeah. We're trying. And, and what you're doing is amazing, too. This is a wonderful way to get, get the word out there and get people realizing um, that there is help out there. Yes, yes. And hopefully those who listen to this interview will download it and keep it and take it to their physician to listen to as well. So right. Get the word out. So. Yes. The kinds of sexual dysfunction in men and women, are they the same or different? If the muscles or nerves or the surrounding tissue are involved, it can actually be fairly similar because uh, the muscles in the, in the men and the women are, are similar. It's just the, the genital organs are different, but the musculature is similar. So we have both men and women complaining of pain during and after intercourse. Um, the difference with the women is they may complain of pain with initiation of intercourse. And I mean, um, during and after se- any sexual activity, it, it may not be intercourse. It may just be orgasm that they have pain after. Mm-hmm. And then the women will complain of pain with initiation as well. And that's typically the at the opening, the vaginal opening, there's some tissue there that gets uh, sensitive, and typically it's uh, what we see as physical therapists is it can be a nerve, the nerves are hypersensitive, or the tissues, um, it's, it just gets irritated easily. It could be or her, or hormonal imbalance as well as muscular issue. Hmm. So we do see um, similar symptoms in men and women, but with women we also may see pain at the, at the opening, the vaginal opening. 
but it can also be vestibulitis or vulvodynia issues with the clitoris as well. Right, exactly. And that could be, again, it could be a, a musculoskeletal issue. The muscles or the nerves could be involved. Or it could be the, tish, the tissue, it's a hormonal imbalance as well. It could be um, even uh, um, just the, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it definitely, women tend to have more, more um, issues. They tend to have different ish, uh, sexual dysfunction. They may have different as well. The men may have, the men and the women could have similar. So we definitely see both in our practice. Okay. Well, we're going to get into more detail after we come back from a break. So let's go to a break. A healthy dialogue for your lifestyle. Voice America Health and Wellness. It's all about action. Scores. Taking a look at the NBA tonight. Highlights. He's broken loose. He's at the 30. And headlines. Big trade in the NFL this afternoon. When you are looking to talk sports, look no further than the Voice America Sports Network. We bring you some of the biggest names and all the sports news you can handle. Whether it's basketball, off the glass, football, come on, football, golf, racing, or the Olympics. We've got you covered. We'll even cover tailgating. Into the Voice America Sports Network. It's all things sports. Taking care of yourself should not be complicated. The process of restoring your health can be simple, easy, and enjoyable by making a few small changes one at a time. That's the principle behind From the Inside Out with your host, Dr. Rhonda Nelson. If you're looking for a simple way to improve your health, we'll provide the motivation, encouragement, and information about how to restore optimal health one step at a time and from the inside out. Tune in every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Get the latest information in health and wellness when you tune into On the Radio with Dr. Ray. Each week, you'll find out the latest and greatest from both traditional and holistic perspectives. Your host, Dr. Robert Ray, better known as Dr. 90210, is the best known and most sought-after plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Dr. Ray, with his co-host, Natalie Day, will help you get the dream body you've always wanted through diet and exercise, not surgery and medicine. On the Radio with Dr. Ray airs live Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to The Dr. Melanie Show with your host, Dr. Melanie Barton. To participate in our discussion this week, please call toll-free 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to drmelaniebarton at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to the Dr. Melanie Show on the Health and Wellness Channel. Today we're talking about pain as it relates to interstitial cystitis or pelvic pain syndrome as it relates to sex. And also the pain that family members go through watching their loved ones being in physical pain. 
Today's show is sponsored by the Interstitial Cystitis Association. To find out more about them or to donate to their cause, go to www.ichelp.org. Before the break, we were talking to physical therapist Amy Stein about painful sex. So let's go back and talk some more about this interesting topic, Amy. Sure. So in your book... You talk about, and what you want to tell them what the name of your book is? The name of the book is Heal Pelvic Pain. And they can get it by going to Amazon.com or any of the online places? Yep, Amazon.com. Um, some of the bookstores do have it, but the easiest way is Amazon.com. Okay. Well, in your book, you break down the sexual problems into two categories. Can you define what the terms mean? You know, the sexual dysfunction due to weakness or sexual dysfunction due to pain? Yes. Explain that. Sure. So I do break it down into two categories, and typically the bladder and bowel symptoms, if you do have them, follow a similar pattern. Mm-hmm. If there's weakness um, with bladder or bowel as well, you could get like a leaking. With sexual dysfunction, you could actually have difficulty with arousal, difficulty with completing an orgasm because the muscles aren't strong enough to go through the whole phase of orgasm or there's not enough blood flow for stimulation. The weakness is um, one category that I describe, and then there's certain exercises that follow that. Then there's sexual dysfunction due to pain and increased tone, which typically we see more with the IC patients, that they have pain and increased tone in the muscles. That is treated differently because the muscles are actually tightened or spasmed or overactive. Those are pretty much similar ways to try to describe the muscles, that they're too tight. And what happens is it could also be a blood flow issue, but it could be that the muscles aren't going through the full range of motion because they're already tight or shortened. And it also, because of the pain that they're experiencing, that also could cause sexual dysfunction. So from a physical therapy point of view, point of view we treat the musculoskeletal issues related to it. So, again, it could be a weakness issue where you have to do strengthening exercises or it could be a pain issue where actually the muscles are too tight and they're not going through the full range of motion, which can also affect affect bladder and bowel function. And for the people, the clients I've worked with on this issue, when you're already in so much pain, and if you know after orgasm you're going to be in excruciating pain, trying to convince your brain to go ahead and get aroused when you know it's going to hurt afterwards, there's that emotional component. So it's like you're putting the brakes on. You're right. saying, uh, I want to do this, but I don't want to do this. Right. So it, it can really um, have that emotional overlay to it. Right, definitely. And we try to encourage patients. Actually, Tony said about walking that journey together. And we really try, if the patient's in a, in a relationship, that they really get try to explain as much as they can to their partner so that they can do it together, so that they can, um, so that the partner is fully supportive. And then what we try to do as physical therapists is educate the patients 
what they can do that's that's pain you don't really want to increase the pain so obviously so we try to educate the patients what to do that still feels good but it doesn't increase the pain and then as they go through the physical therapy they see that oh there's less pain there's less pain there's less pain and we encourage them to do more and more as they get more comfortable and as the pain lessens. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when they're contemplating that they're going to have sexual activity, this isn't your category, but sometimes doctors will say, well, take some pain medicine. Well, then it might inhibit your ability to respond. So you're still going to have a problem. Right. Right. We definitely work very closely with the doctors, and if there are any, if they are seeing a mental health care provider, we try to work closely with them, and we encourage the even just um, even just touch can keep you together, but um, won't create the pain. So we definitely try to walk walk each step with the patient as much as much as we can from a physical therapy standpoint. And can you give some hope to our listeners that they actually can get lessened pain or enough of it alleviated that they can enjoy sex again? Yes, 100%. Yep. That oh. if it, if it's a musculoskeletal point of view, from a musculoskeletal point of view as a physical therapist, yes. If there are mu- issues in the muscles and tissues and and uh, any of the tissues surrounding urethra, the bladder, we can definitely help, and we've helped many, many patients to um, get relief, if if not a cure from the from a musculoskeletal point of view. From and it it is a process. It can some patients feel some relief within a couple weeks, but mm-hmm. some patients and it does take a little bit longer. So we definitely work with the patient. The more the patient does on their own from a, with a home exercise program, the more success we we find with the patients. Mm -hmm. And how do you determine if there's an emotional or hormonal component? What do you do do if you think, okay, it might be an issue? The best thing to do in in the beginning stages and throughout is to really listen to the patient, to really hear what's going on. Um, If it's if there is any emotional, there's going to be emotional because right. it, this is affecting their their lives. It may be affecting it a little bit, which is stressful. It may be affecting that, them a lot and their family and their friends and their activity. So definitely we, we address as much as we can within our scope of practice the emotional component. But if it's, if it's beyond our scope, we'll refer out refer out to a healthcare, a mental health care provider. With regard to hormonal, if we believe that it's a hormonal issue, that as well, we will refer back to their physician or someone that specializes in uh, hormonal changes or pelvic pain uh, physician. So we, we, can, uh, we can identify it typically, but we, we refer out for both, for both conditions. Good. Good. So if somebody is listening to this program and they want to go find a specialized pelvic pain physical therapist, how do they go about that? Do they need a referral? What do they need? They, uh, most states you do, and most states you actually don't need a referral anymore. You can go straight oh. to a physical therapist. 
but I, we encourage here, here in New York, we can do 10 visits or one month of physical therapy before they get a prescription or referral. Okay. Uh, we encourage them to go uh, quicker than one month, so because we feel that we want to make sure that everything is ruled out, that they don't have a urinary tract infection or yeast infection. But the wet, best way to find a specialized physical therapist is through many of the websites, the ICA, the IPPS, Inter- International Pelvic Pain Society, the NVA, prostatitis.org, the APTA. They all have ways of finding a specialist. And then it is important to see what their credentials are, the physical therapist, because some physical therapists may only be trained in biofeedback and that may not be the only thing that the patient needs. And typically patients that have pelvic pain and IC, they need more than just biofeedback. They need manual therapy. They need to learn to stretch certain muscles and lengthen certain muscles and, and get rid of trigger points. So it's definitely important to find someone that's well-trained in the pelvic pain component of pelvic floor dysfunction. Okay. Well, you've given hope, and this is what they need because you just feel like you're out there all by yourself. And many times partners think the person just doesn't want to have sex, and it has nothing to do with that. They might not want to because of the pain, but it's not the emotional component first. Right. I agree. And I do want to say that there is hope out there. In my book, actually, I have – if you don't have someone around you, you can – to buy my book, I think, on Amazon, it's $12. <laughs> so if you don't have someone near you, I know that it's, it has helped others because I go over different stretches that you can do, man, different manual techniques, meaning massages that you could do, as well as a whole chapter on self-care, how to help control your bladder symptoms, if you have any bowel symptoms, how to help control that. So there is hope, and we've had, like I mentioned before, we've had a lot of success with a lot of patients that are in your in your position, and we we really love treating this patient population, and we know that there's hope and help out there. Well, Amy, thank you so much for being my guest again today, and now it's time to wrap it up. So thank today, you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Amy. We learned how Tony admires his father's strength to cope with daily pain and still keep on going. We learned that hope is available for painful sex. To find out more about ICA, go to www.ichelp.org. To reach Amy, go to beyondbasics at verizon.net. Next week, my guest will be Kathleen O'Keefe and Rabbi Ed Weinsberger, who are both cancer survivors. Hear their stories. Send me your comments to drmelaniebarton at gmail.com. Remember, to help yourself, help someone else. Until next week, goodbye for now. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Dr. Melanie Show. Please join your host, Dr. Melanie Barton, again next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll see you next week for another great program.